the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bible, a collection of 66 different books by around 40 different authors from many different backgrounds. There were kings and shepherds, soldiers, fishermen, doctors, poets and farmers. Some were young, some old, some rich, and some poor. And they wrote, each reflecting his own personality and style from a wide variety of life circumstances. All the way from palace thrones and bedrooms to the dungeons down in the palace basement. From seashores to mountaintops. And to the backsides of dry desert wastelands. In their books, the writers issued hundreds of specific future prophecies, all perfectly fulfilled or awaiting fulfillment. And they discuss every aspect of human life, hundreds of complicated and controversial topics. And yet, there is a unity and consistency of message in the Bible, from start to finish, that is nothing short of miraculous. Throughout history and today, millions of people around the globe call this book the Holy Bible, the very Word of God. It claims to be a self-revelation of the Supreme Being, the Creator Himself, stepping out of eternity into time and space to tell us and show us what He is like and to let us know His plan for our lives here on earth and in the hereafter. The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar is your chance to actually hear, discuss, and decide for yourself about this book, The Bible. Stay tuned, and at the very least, you'll hear the beauty, wisdom, romance, adventure, and intrigue of the world's greatest literature, the best-selling, most translated book of all history. But more importantly, God himself just might speak to your heart and change your life forever. Now, here's the host of The Bible Live, Sophie Dollar. Yes, indeed. Here we are. Thank you for joining us tonight. I'm sure it's been a busy week for you. I hope it's been a good one. Pressures, demands, expectations, the to-do list, the honey-do's, different tasks. They push in from all sides. They assault our schedules. Do this, be there, finish that, call them. Everybody seems to want something from you. Your family, friends, employer, school, church, clubs. It's not long. If we don't watch out, we have little left to give as we run out of gas, not only in our cars, but in our bodies as well, and, of course, time. We find ourselves rushing through life, attending to the necessary, the immediate, the urgent, and unless we're just excellent in time management and so on, even the most skilled of managers is often left in the dust. (laughs) Our problem is not the volume of demands or the lack of scheduling skills, But really, it's our values, it's our priorities, what is truly important to us. That's what we're going to be looking at as we continue through the Minor Prophets. We have now come to Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi, the last three books in the Old Testament. These are post-exile prophets who preached to the returning exiles from Babylon. They spoke to them about how our values and our priorities are reflected in how we use our resources our time, our money, our strength, our talents and skills. Often our actions belie our words. 
We say we are believers. We say we are Christians. We say we love the Lord, that God is number one in our lives. But then we relegate him to a lesser number in our to-do list. 25 centuries ago, 2,500 years ago, a voice was heard calling men and women to the right priorities. That was the voice of Haggai. He knew what was important. He knew what had to be done. And he challenged God's people as they made this over 1,000-mile journey back to Canaan. He challenged them and guided them after they had returned. We'll catch up a bit on that, what happened and how the people proceeded to rebuild the city, to rebuild the temple, as we read Haggai and part of Zechariah. Right now, though, let's go to our Wisdom and Worship segment. Psalm 138 talks to us about thanksgiving. (laughs) That's coming up soon as well. Thanksgiving for answered prayer. That's what David focuses on tonight in this beautiful psalm. God works out his plans for our lives, and he will bring us through the difficulties we face. Psalm 138. I give you thanks, O Lord, with all my heart. I will sing your praises before the gods. I bow before your holy temple as I worship. I will give thanks to your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness because your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. When I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by giving me the strength I need. Every king in all the earth will give you thanks, O Lord, for all of them will hear your words. Yes, they will sing about the Lord's ways, for the glory of the Lord is very great. Though the Lord is great, he cares for the humble, but he keeps his distance from the proud. Though I am surrounded by troubles, you will preserve me against the anger of my enemies. You will clench your fist against my angry enemies. Your power will save me. The Lord will work out his plans for my life. For your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Don't abandon me, for you made me. End of reading Psalm 138. is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. All right, you know, you cannot have too big a vision of God, too great or too good or too gracious, too wise or too intelligent. You cannot overestimate God in terms of your worship. We need to learn to be extravagant in our praise to God, in the vision that we have of God. Don't ever compromise the power, the beauty, the wisdom, the sovereignty, the control of God. Everything is functioning as He has determined it will function. Even hell itself fits into the plan of God. God has a place for those who decide that they do not want to acknowledge Him God has a place. He has a destiny for Satan himself and anyone else who would deny and reject God. He has the plan. It's working its way out, and we need to understand that. And that's part of Haggai's message, his vision and view of God. In 538 B.C., King Cyrus began to allow Jews to return to their beloved city of Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. And and we read about that in Ezra, Nehemiah, rebuilding the walls. So they got to a certain point, and then they stopped. And he says, go ahead and finish the task. Finish well on the Bible life. 
Haggai 2.10 through Zechariah 7.14. Haggai 2. On December 18 of the second year of King Darius' reign, the Lord sent this message to the prophet Haggai. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Ask the priest this question about the law. If one of you is carrying a holy sacrifice in his robe and happens to brush against some bread or stew, wine or oil, or any other kind of food, will it also become holy? The priest replied, No. Then Haggai asked, But if someone becomes ceremonially unclean by touching a dead person and then brushes against any of the things mentioned, will it be defiled? And the priest answered, Yes. Then Haggai said, That is how it is with this people and this nation, says the Lord. Everything they do and everything they offer is defiled. So think about this from now on. Consider how things were going for you before you began to lay the foundation of the Lord's temple. When you hoped for a 20-bushel crop, you harvested only 10. When you expected to draw 50 gallons from the wine press, you found only 20. I sent blight and mildew and hail to destroy all the produce of your labor. Yet even so, you refuse to return to me, says the Lord. On this 18th day of December, the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, carefully consider this. I am giving you a promise now while the seed is still in the barn. Before you have harvested your grain, and before the grapevine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have produced their crops, from this day onward I will bless you. The Lord sent this second message to Haggai on December 18. Tell Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah, that I am about to shake the heavens and the earth. I will overthrow royal thrones, destroying the power of foreign kingdoms. I will overturn their chariots and charioteers. The horses will fall and their riders will kill each other. But when this happens, says the Lord Almighty, I will honor you, Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, my servant. I will treat you like a signet ring on my finger, says the Lord, for I have specially chosen you. I, the Lord Almighty, have spoken. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. The Book of Zechariah. Zechariah 1. In mid-autumn of the second year of King Darius' reign, the Lord gave this message to the prophet Zechariah, son of Berechiah and grandson of Edo. I, the Lord, was very angry with your ancestors. Therefore say to the people, This is what the Lord Almighty says. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. Do not be like your ancestors who would not listen when the earlier prophets said to them, This is what the Lord Almighty says. Turn from your evil ways and stop all your evil practices. Your ancestors and their prophets are now long dead. But all the things I said through my servants the prophets happened to your ancestors, just as I said they would. As a result, they repented and said, We have received what we deserved from the Lord Almighty. He has done what he said he would do. Then on February 15 of the second year of King Darius' reign, the Lord sent another message to the prophet Zechariah, son of Berechiah and grandson of Edo. Zechariah said, In a vision during the night, I saw a man sitting on a red horse that was standing among some myrtle trees in a small valley. Behind him were red, brown, and white horses, each with its own rider. I asked the angel who was talking with me, My Lord, what are all these horses for? I will show you, the angel replied. So the man standing among the myrtle trees explained, They are the ones the Lord has sent out to patrol the earth. Then the other riders reported to the angel of the Lord who was standing among the myrtle trees, We have patrolled the earth and the whole earth is at peace. Upon hearing this, the angel of the Lord prayed this prayer, 
O Lord Almighty, for seventy years now you have been angry with Jerusalem and the towns of Judah. How long will it be until you again show mercy to them? And the Lord spoke kind and comforting words to the angel who talked with me. Then the angel said to me, Shout this message for all to hear. This is what the Lord Almighty says. My love for Jerusalem and Mount Zion is passionate and strong, but I am very angry with the other nations that enjoy peace and security. I was only a little angry with my people, but the nations punished them far beyond my intentions. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I have returned to show mercy to Jerusalem. My temple will be rebuilt, says the Lord Almighty, and plans will be made for the reconstruction of Jerusalem. Say this also. This is what the Lord Almighty says. The towns of Israel will again overflow with prosperity, and the Lord will again comfort Zion and choose Jerusalem as his own. Then I looked up and saw four animal horns. What are these? I asked the angel who was talking with me. He replied, These horns represent the world powers that scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. Then the Lord showed me four blacksmiths. What are these men coming to do? I asked. The angel replied, The blacksmiths have come to terrify the four horns that scattered and humbled Judah. They will throw them down and destroy them. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Zechariah 2. When I looked around me again, I saw a man with a measuring line in his hand. Where are you going? I asked. He replied, I am going to measure Jerusalem to see how wide and how long it is. Then the angel who was with me went to meet a second angel who was coming toward him. The other angel said, Hurry and say to that young man, Jerusalem will someday be so full of people that it won't have room enough for everyone. Many will live outside the city walls with all their livestock, and yet they will be safe. For I myself will be a wall of fire around Jerusalem, says the Lord, and I will be the glory inside the city. The Lord says, Come away, flee from the north, for I have scattered you to the four winds. Come away, escape to Jerusalem, you who are exiled in Babylon. After a period of glory, the Lord Almighty sent me against the nations who oppressed you. For he said, Anyone who harms you harms my most precious possession. I will raise my fist to crush them, and their own slaves will plunder them. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me. The Lord says, Shout and rejoice, O Jerusalem, for I am coming to live among you. Many nations will join themselves to the Lord on that day, and they too will be my people. I will live among you, and you will know that the Lord Almighty sent me to you. The land of Judah will be the Lord's inheritance in the Holy Land and he will once again choose Jerusalem to be his own city. Be silent before the Lord, all humanity, for he is springing into action from his holy dwelling. Zechariah 3 Then the angel showed me Jeshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord. Satan was there at the angel's right hand, accusing Jeshua of many things. And the Lord said to Satan, I, the Lord, reject your accusations, Satan, Yes, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebukes you. This man is like a burning stick that has been snatched from the fire. Jeshua's clothing was filthy as he stood there before the angel. So the angel said to the others standing there, Take off his filthy clothes. And turning to Jeshua, he said, See, I have taken away your sins, and now I am giving you these fine new clothes. Then I said, Please, could he also have a clean turban on his head? So they put a clean priestly turban on his head, 
and dressed him in new clothes while the angel of the Lord stood by. Then the angel of the Lord spoke very solemnly to Jeshua and said, This is what the Lord Almighty says. If you follow my ways and obey my requirements, then you will be given authority over my temple and its courtyards. I will let you walk in and out of my presence along with these others standing here. Listen to me, O Jeshua the high priest, and all you other priests. You are symbols of the good things to come. Soon I am going to bring my servant, the branch. Now look at the jewel I have set before Jeshua, a single stone with seven facets. I will engrave an inscription on it, says the Lord Almighty, and I will remove the sins of this land in a single day. And on that day, says the Lord Almighty, each of you will invite your neighbor into your home to share your peace and prosperity. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Zechariah 4. Then the angel who had been talking with me returned and woke me, as though I had been asleep. What do you see now, he asked. I answered, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl of oil on top of it. Around the bowl are seven lamps, each one having seven spouts with wicks. And I see two olive trees, one on each side of the bowl. Then I asked the angel, What are these, my lord? What do they mean? Don't you know, the angel asked. No, my lord, I replied. Then he said to me, This is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain, will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will flatten out before him. Then Zerubbabel will set the final stone of the temple in place, and the people will shout, May God bless it! May God bless it! Then another message came to me from the Lord. Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of this temple, and he will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. For these seven lamps represent the eyes of the Lord that search all around the world. Then I asked the angel, What are these two olive trees on each side of the lampstand? And what are the two olive branches that pour out golden oil through two gold tubes? Don't you know, he asked. No, my Lord, I replied. Then he said to me, They represent the two anointed ones who assist the Lord of all the earth. Zechariah 5 I looked up again and saw a scroll flying through the air. What do you see, the angel asked. I see a flying scroll, I replied. It appears to be about 30 feet long and 15 feet wide. Then he said to me, This scroll contains the curse that is going out over the entire land. One side says that those who steal will be banished from the land. The other side says that those who swear falsely will be banished from the land. And this is what the Lord Almighty says. I am sending this curse into the house of every thief and into the house of everyone who swears falsely by my name. And my curse will remain in that house until it is completely destroyed, even its timbers and stones. Then the angel who was talking with me came forward and said, Look up! Something is appearing in the sky. What is it? I asked. He replied, It is a basket for measuring grain, and it is filled with the sins of everyone throughout the land. When the heavy lead cover was lifted off the basket, there was a woman sitting inside it. The angel said, The woman's name is Wickedness. And he pushed her back into the basket and closed the heavy lid again. Then I looked up and saw two women flying toward us with wings gliding on the wind. Their wings were like those of a stork, and they picked up the basket and flew with it into the sky. Where are they taking the basket? I asked the angel. 
He replied, To the land of Babylonia, where they will build a temple for the basket. And when the temple is ready, they will set the basket there on its pedestal. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Zechariah 6. Then I looked up again and saw four chariots coming from between two bronze mountains. The first chariot was pulled by red horses, the second by black horses, the third by white horses, and the fourth by dappled gray horses. And what are these, my lord? I asked the angel who was talking with me. He replied, These are the four spirits of heaven who stand before the Lord of all the earth. They are going out to do his work. The chariot with black horses is going north, the chariot with white horses is going west, and the chariot with dappled gray horses is going south. The powerful horses were eager to be off, to patrol back and forth across the earth. And the Lord said, Go and patrol the earth. So they left at once on their patrol. Then the Lord summoned me and said, Those who went north have vented the anger of my spirit there. Then I received another message from the Lord. Heldai, Tobajah, and Jediah will bring gifts of silver and gold from the Jews exiled in Babylon. As soon as they arrive, meet them at the home of Josiah, son of Zephaniah. Accept their gifts and make a crown from the silver and gold. Then put the crown on the head of Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Tell him that the Lord Almighty says, Here is the man called the branch. He will branch out where he is and build the temple of the Lord. He will build the Lord's temple, and he will receive royal honor and will rule as king from his throne. He will also serve as priest from his throne, and there will be perfect harmony between the two. The crown will be a memorial in the temple of the Lord to honor those who gave it. Heldai, Tobijah, Jediah, and Josiah, son of Zephaniah. Many will come from distant lands to rebuild the temple of the Lord. And when this happens, you will know that my messages have been from the Lord Almighty. All this will happen if you carefully obey the commands of the Lord your God. Zechariah 7 On December 7 of the fourth year of King Darius' reign, another message came to Zechariah from the Lord. The people of Bethel had sent Sherezer and Regamelech along with their men to seek the Lord's favor. They were to ask this question of the prophets and of the priests at the temple of the Lord Almighty. Should we continue to mourn and fast each summer on the anniversary of the temple's destruction as we have done for so many years? The Lord Almighty sent me this message. Say to all your people and your priests, During those seventy years of exile, when you fasted and mourned in the summer and at the festival in early autumn, was it really for me that you were fasting? And even now in your holy festivals, you don't think about me, but only of pleasing yourselves. Isn't this the same message the Lord proclaimed to the prophets years ago when Jerusalem and the towns of Judah were bustling with people, and the Negev and the foothills of Judah were populated areas? Then this message came to Zechariah from the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Judge fairly and honestly, and show mercy and kindness to one another. Do not oppress widows, orphans, foreigners, and poor people, and do not make evil plans to harm each other. Your ancestors would not listen to this message. They turned stubbornly away and put their fingers in their ears to keep from hearing. They made their hearts as hard as stone, so they could not hear the law or the messages that the Lord Almighty had sent them by His Spirit through the earlier prophets. That is why the Lord Almighty was so angry with them. Since they refused to listen when I called to them, I would not listen when they called to me, says the Lord Almighty. I scattered them as a whirlwind among the distant nations, where they lived as strangers. Their land became so desolate that no one even traveled through it. The land that had been so pleasant 
became a desert. End of reading Haggai 2.10 through Zechariah 7.14. This is the Bible Live. Thou shalt not go away. In the books of Haggai and Zechariah, we have these two prophets, contemporaries of one another. I think Zechariah preached his first message just a couple of months after Haggai's first prophecy. These dates were originally, of course, given in the Hebrew calendar, and we've been able to make the adjustment the transition to give these dates in our own calendar dates over 500 years now before the Messiah came. We see Haggai and Zechariah encouraging those who had returned in 538 B.C. And following that, there were several groups under Zerubbabel and with Nehemiah and others that came, encouraging them to continue to finish the work, completing the temple, rebuild those walls in Jerusalem and so on. As you remember from Ezra chapter 4, they had kind of run out of steam themselves, and because of the opposition that they faced in the land, their building permit was taken away. And so for 10 years, there had been no work on the temple. And now Haggai and Zechariah begin to call upon them to finish the job, finishing the task of building, but finishing the spiritual task of coming back to God, beginning again to worship the true and living God and to walk with him and obey him and live for him. Zechariah and Haggai are two young men, evidently, or fairly young, born in captivity. This is a new generation. And I think in all of our minds today, there is a change of generation. The baby boomers, that large generation that followed World War II and so on, that generation has indeed been huge, not only in size, but in their influence. But that generation is passing, and all eyes are now on what direction will this nation take when a new generation now begins to step into leadership, whether it's in the educational realm or the political realm, sports and athletics or whatever else, there is a changing of the guard. When a new generation and the new values come to the fore, what will America be like? What values will they have? Haggai and Zechariah are speaking to those issues, and they are calling on the people to make a decision. We are approaching now the end of the 1,300 years covered by the Old Testament. Of course, the 100 years are basically what is covered in the New Testament, uh, that first century of the Christian church, more or less, is what we're talking about here. Now, the people have come back. They've returned. God has restored them. They are being encouraged now to complete the task, to look forward to. Zechariah, as you can tell from the reading tonight, is very apocalyptic in the sense that he sees a flying scroll, four chariots, a lampstand, two olive trees, these horses that he's seen. These are symbolic images. They had a clear message to his audience and to those of us who know the word. Now, from chapter 8 on, Zechariah becomes very messianic. He talks about the coming Savior of the world. Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Soapy reads from the New Living Translation by Kindle House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your prayers and financial support are needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to the Bible Live Post Office Box 18888. That's the Bible Live P.O. Box 
18888, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday for The Bible Live with Soapy Dollars. Start today, and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's word.